Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast. I'm Janine. And I'm Jess. And we both work at the Winkler branch of South Central Regional Library. And in this podcast, we talk about books with our own twist. Uh, We'll talk about the first half of the book and predict where it might be going. And then finish reading the book and discuss the second half. There will be snark. There will be spoilers. Depending on the book, uh, there may be references to violence, sex, or other adult topics. So if that's not for you, stop listening now. And all right, we'll get into this week's book. So today's book, something extra special, Amish Vampires in Space, an inspirational fiction novel by Carrie Neitz. Jebediah has a secret that will change his world forever and send his people into space. The Amish world of Alabaster calls upon an ancient promise to escape destruction, then end up on a cargo ship bound for the stars, but they are not the only cargo on board. Some of it is alive, or used to be. Now, with vampires taking over and closing in on the Amish refugees, these simple believers must decide whether their faith depends upon their honored traditions or something even older. This is the first book in the Peril in Space series, followed by Amish Zombies in Space and Amish Werewolves in Space, or maybe of Space. Um, so Carrie Neitz, the author, is a refugee of the software industry. He spent more than a decade of his life flipping bits. I don't know what that means, but anyway. First as one of the principal developers for the now mythical Fox software, and then as one of Bill Gates' minions at Microsoft. So there you go. I'm just imagining him working for bananas. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. So, um, interesting concept for a book. Yes, I didn't. I didn't read the back of this one. I honestly, the title was enough. The title, to sell yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> so, we do have both Amish vampires in space, Amish zombies in space, and Amish werewolves in space in the Winkler branch. But feel free to check them out. <laughs> so, what did you think, Janine? Well. My first thought was, um, this is a little trippy. Like, I, when I heard the title, I was not expecting that it would actually be inspirational fiction. So that was kind of a shock to me. Uh, am I loving this book? No. No, I am not. Uh, it is science fiction, which I think we've established on other episodes. It's not my thing. <laughs> uh, but, um, and I've now this is my fifth science fiction book in the last year, so, you know... There is that. <laughs> We're expanding your horizons yeah. to the stars and beyond. If I stick with you, I feel like this won't be my last either. <laughs> no, no, I've got plans. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I found it, it to start off kind of slow. It started off, like, if you had never read an Amish book before, mm-hmm. I think it's good the way it started off because it covered a lot of basics. But if you've mm-hmm. read any kind of Amish fiction before, you're familiar with the Amish, the beginning part's a little bit unnecessary. Yeah. But. One thing I will say, I didn't realize that they were on an alien planet at the beginning because there's, like, no mention of the fact that Alabaster is the planet. Mm-hmm. And, like, normally there's, like, oh, and then there's this weird fruit and a strange tree and we had to kill a swamp monster or something. Like, they treat it like it's Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's like it's like they're on Earth, but it's not Earth. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I felt the same way. All of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, so they are technically living in space on a planet well that's the thing and like with the like he mentioned the different constellations at one point mm-hmm. but I was kind of going okay are they actually different constellations because it does kind of sound like it's just something the Amish made up on earth to go <laughs> like no we are going to call that star of the fish <laughs> like <laughs> yes and like 
which kind of was surprising to me because I felt like there was a lot of detail in some parts that was very unnecessary detail, like describing how he lit the oil lamp, for example. And like, I don't care about that. There's nothing to do with the story. I know how to light an oil lamp. I used to have an oil lamp in my bedroom. That doesn't um, sound like a safety hazard at all. <laughs> well, then it cracked and developed a leak. And yes, it was a safety <laughs> hazard. Then I didn't light it anymore. But anyways. And that's the story how Janine did not burn down her house. Yes. Thankfully, yes. there was no fire. Because we watched a fire video in school when I was in elementary school and it terrified me. Oh, really? Yes. It freaked me out so badly that I was just terrified that our house was going to burn down. Oh, we just had to watch things on being hit by trains. Yeah. We watched that too. That was driver's ed though, I think. No, from a young age, we, oh, had, really? we had to watch being hit by trains. Yeah. Ah. I have an extensive amount of train safety. Well, that fire safety video scared the living daylights out of me. Did you ever have... We used to have what we called Farm Safety Day. I grew up in a small community, if you can't tell. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, farm Safety Day, where there's, like, tractors and, like, okay, don't touch the PTO. And, you know, never climb into a bin full of grain. I'm going, darn it, there goes my weekend plan. <laughs> <laughs> they had a little firehouse thing that they filled with smoke and you have to crawl through it. Really? Yeah, and the smoke smelled like syrup. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> but to practice fire safety, you actually had to go into their burning building and get out. Oh, my goodness. Um, no, we never had that. My school was a little bit more hardcore than your school, yeah, apparently. So. Or we were just smarter farm kids than you were. <laughs> to be fair, I was a very smart farm kid. There's a bunch of town kids. That, anyway. Yeah, no, town kids don't know. No, they don't. <laughs> they Sorry, don't, town kids, no. but you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> no, we had bike safety day, though. Uh, but not not farm safety day. Yeah, they assumed that we knew how to ride bikes. <laughs> anyway. It wasn't, it was learning how to ride your bike in town and the hand signals and the, you can't see me doing them, but I am, whatever. <laughs> anyway, back to the book. Um, I also, they were talking about their tingle and their tingle wear. Oh, I know. And I was like, what the heck? Excuse me? <laughs> like. It was a little bit... Um... That's the thing. Like, this... I've read a, a great deal of science fiction. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that tend to be consistent across different science fiction um, books. You know, warp speed, your spacesuits, you know, your anti-grav stuff tends to be pretty consistent. This book, not so much. Like, there's the tingle suits, <laughs> which... <laughs> that just sounds so bad. Um, and they had their slipways... And then when they went into... Oh, what did they call when they turned on their warp drive again? I forget I anyway. Know. But they used different terminology. Mm -hmm. It's like for he just a lot of the similar made things. everything up. Mm -hmm. Their slipways, honestly, I found a little bit ridiculous. Because they're basically travelators. <laughs> like, you're standing still on these things and they zoom you around. Like, mm. down a hall. Mm -hmm. Just just a travelator. We have those in airports. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. I, I want sci-fi, darn it. Where's my flying pod? Well, I guess for an Amish person, that would be pretty uh, <laughs> I'm standing radical. still and still moving. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. The spaceship, the this, this sheer size of the spaceship, the way it sounds. Smaller um, than I thought it would be. Smaller than you thought? Yeah. Oh, I thought bigger. Like, yeah. that's like a cruise ship in the sky. Intergalactic cruise being a mile long. A mile? Mm-hmm. Only? At one point they said it was a mile long. Okay, I must have... I probably read it, but See, it depends. The thing. I, I've read a fair amount of science fiction books where they're, like, they're multiple miles long. I'm How going, does that fly? Bless you and your tiny ship. How does that fly? That's what the Amish were wondering. 
I know. Yeah. I don't know. I did write down at one point, I'm 50 pages in, and I'm not entirely sure what's going on. It does take a little bit. Yeah. And it then it, like, it pops away to the... So it starts with Jebediah. I hate that name. Um, Jebediah. I can't say Jebediah without going Jebediah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It does. It yeah. starts with Jebediah and uh, the Amish and his mysterious magical device. His secret. Which is basically just a summoning beacon. Yeah. But it talks about his secret a lot. The amount of angst he had over a summoning beacon was kind of like well, patch on the head. I feel like the Amish are an angsty people. True. <laughs> I don't know. On the bright side, none of them will ever hear this, so they won't know what to say. <laughs> I was going to say, having never met any, but I actually have met some Amish people, so I can't say that. I think it's like anything individual people, yeah. fine. As a whole, I don't understand you. Yeah. No, all the Amish I've met have been very lovely. Yeah. Um, lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it starts with Jebediah, and you get introduced to the Amish community, but then... It goes to everybody on the spaceship, and you get to introduce the spaceship characters. And that goes on for long enough that I was kind of going, like, are we going to go back to the Amish, mm-hmm. or are you just going to, like, teleport them aboard, or what? Yep. So, but then you bounce back a little bit more consistently after yeah. that. So that I found easier, but yeah, it, it took a little bit to kind of get into it. it and did. especially, like, I'm, I'm used to learning new terminology <laughs> and new science on the go. <laughs> And this one still threw me a little bit. Yeah. Like, it's uh, it's not really a hard read, but it did take me a while to get through it. Like, yeah. Longer than most books. I was reading it, and I was going, I'm only at chapter seven? Yeah, I know. Like, it, despite the fact it's no longer than the other books we read, like, it's just felt like it took longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It could just be the pacing or what. Like, the writing's not bad. The writing is not horrible. It's honestly better than I thought it'd be. I thought this thing <laughs> was going to be, like, a dumpster fire of, like, okay, you know, one of my favorite things to do is just scroll through terrible paperback books and mm. judge them very harshly on the quality of their Photoshop. <laughs> my favorite is, like, shifter romance books where somebody has not even done a good job of cutting out the horns of something and then just, like, rammed it on somebody's head. So bad. I was expecting this book to be that quality of writing. (laughs) Where somebody just jammed a vampire in somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, considering my expectations were very, very low. Yeah. It has exceeded those. (laughs) Well, that's good. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I have read vampire books. I have read Amish books. Um, This, I think, is a completely genre all its own but i just couldn't believe like when they actually came to get them to take them away from their planet because their planet's going to explode or something the sun is getting too close is going to turn into a red giant and swallow up their planet yeah so their their system is no longer um habitable So Jebediah summoned these people, and they. So this to was, be fair, he didn't know. He, he just, didn't know. Like, what he pressed was doing. a button on a random yeah. device that has been in his barn for many moons. It was passed down from his father and from his father before him, and yada yada yada. And his responsibility is basically to stare at the sun, <laughs> see yes. if there's any changes. Yes. And then, but like in the case of changes, press this button. When they finally came for them, and then it was this big discussion, and oh. I was like, just. Where's your faith? Trust these people, right? That's and the thing that drove me bonkers. Yes. Like, Samuel, I want to smack that guy. Oh, my goodness. That guy's a... Yeah. Words we're not allowed to use on the podcast. <laughs> He's the bishop, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. So, basically, the leader of their community. And him and his little band of middle-aged men. 
<laughs> decided amongst themselves that people from the ship came down to Earth and basically went, your planet's going to blow up. You're going to need to come with us. Come with us if you want to live. We found you a new home. Yeah. Because it's been paid for. You don't have to worry about your it. Four, like... Your forebearers put this policy in place for you many years ago because they knew this might happen. Yeah. So. Like, it's basically just, would you like a free ride to a planet that is not going to blow up? Yeah, and they're like... Simple question, you'd think. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, and Samuel and his little band of middle-aged men decide for the entire population of the planet, which granted is not that many, that, no thanks, we're going to stay here and see what Faith does for us. Mm -hmm. Faith ain't going to fix your son, dude. <laughs> like... Yes, and then Jebediah comes along and tells the people what actually happened, and then the people vote again, and they vote on Jebediah's side. Mm -hmm. So then they decide to go, but then they shun him. Yeah, then he's left on the planet. They're going to leave him there. And they're like, oh, well, you need to repent. You're shunned. You can't come with us. And I was like, uh, he can come with you and still be shunned. Yeah. It's a big like, ship. You don't, have to, you don't have to talk to him. He can still come on the ship. Just don't don't acknowledge him. Isn't that what... Yeah, that's what shunning like, is supposed to be. Like, you, we're, <laughs> it's the I ultimate silent treatment. I don't know, like exactly but my understanding is they still participate in things you just don't acknowledge that they're there mm -hmm. like they said so, at one point that his wife was not allowed to his wife was still allowed to live with him gracious of them <laughs> but they weren't allowed to speak or yes. basically do anything she basically had to pretend that he's not there yeah like they can't eat together he's got to have his little you know other spot in the house or whatever like yeah but let the poor guy come along don't throw a hissy fit because he was right and you were wrong yeah like it's just I know. I was like, I can't believe they're going to leave him behind. I know. I'm so glad that Sarah threw a fit and, like... Yes. Actually got them to... Yeah. Give him a ride, because, oh, it just... Yeah, I mean, he is going a bit off the rails now. Into the English... Uh, is it off the rails? <laughs> well, they would consider it off... They would consider it off the rails. Yes. The table yes. desk has become... I consider just expanding your horizons and realizing that your little slice of the planet that is about to blow up is not the entire world. <laughs> or universe, in this case. Well, the Amish are simple people. I very much disapprove of all the thievery, though. Like, this ship is... It's like a mail carrier, basically, right? It, it, it's a cargo ship. Yeah. And so... Think Firefly. <laughs> with the cows. They took the livestock. They took the livestock, which is funny. But... Like, there's this one guy, and he goes into all these packages and, like, steals stuff and sells it. And I'm mm -hmm. like... He's a scrounger. Stop stealing people's stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Bug me. I'm sorry, Janine. Do you not think that this happens with Amazon? Perhaps. Is that where all my missing packages are? Mm. Why do they want my stuff? Because then it's their stuff. But... What? I don't... Same reason this guy does. Resell, make money. I guess. To be fair, this is all allegedly I'm not accusing Samsung or Amazon of doing anything. Uh, please no. don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be really the last thing we need right now at this point uh yeah <laughs> anyways i just was like don't be a jerk man the thing is i'm kind of fine with the regular scrounging of the cargo and whatnot but then they started stealing stuff from the amish people i'm going yes. hands off. if they trade it to you totally that fair. was the part where it started to really get to me was like, when like they started from stealing from the amish yeah I'm like, but i'm going if you want to trade, if you want to actually make a deal for a shovel or whatever, go for it. Yeah. But don't steal from them. Yeah. They already do not trust you. Exactly. Like, why are you making this worse? And they are well aware of what they have brought with them. Oh, yes. They know. 
when you only have five shovels and a cow, you make sure that you know where all five shovels and the cow are at all times. Why would you need five shovels, though, and only one cow? Because then I can trade the shovels. Um, there was a guy that was literally a broom maker. <laughs> shovels are not out of the realm of possibility. Well, I mean, does anybody own five shovels? Do you own five? Sh- you don't need a shovel. Mm, you- I own, I think, three shovels. Why do you own three shovels? You have nothing to shovel. <laughs> Snow. But... <laughs> I'm trying not to give away too much personal information about you, so... Anyway... <laughs> Suffice it to say, Janine sees no need for five shovels. <laughs> I'd just like to be prepared in case I okay. have to bury a body. Okay, okay. I mean, I could see having one shovel, and, it, like, if you get stuck or whatever. Anyways... You gotta have a spade. I guess. You gotta have a square shovel. You gotta have a snow shovel. <clears throat> a variety of smaller shovels is also very handy. I still don't know what you're doing with all these shovels, but... I digress. Not burying bodies. <laughs> and that Grills character is a real nutter. Oh, he is creepy as hell. Yeah, I don't care for him one bit. Just before these guys picked up the Amish people, they picked up a package that had a woman in cryo and a mysterious package that feels cold, which is a lot bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> yes. When, like oh, he went the other guy? The guy Con- that, Kong... Kongi? Is it Kongi or Kongi? Kongi? Let's I don't Kongi. know. When Kongi starts, like, opening up the package, and then he's, like, climbing into it, I'm going, okay, like, it's, I'm, I'm picturing about a dishwasher-sized package where I'm going, what the heck are you doing? No. But then he keeps climbing, and keep, like, it goes farther and farther and farther in, and I'm going... So are we talking, like, shipping container here? Like... So my understanding was they picked it... It was, like, a like a building. Like, the, what they picked up wasn't a building, but it was, like, a room or something. Like, they were doing work there, and then they had, like... like a mobile lab kind and, of thing. Yeah, a lab. That's... And they had an incident, and so they were transporting this lab somewhere else now, and... Yeah, I just read it as smaller. I don't know. <laughs> I must have zoned out during that part, but, like, he just keeps going and going and going. I'm like, dang, okay. And so... Is the cryo woman the vampire, the original vampire, do you think? That would be my suspicion, because at one point you get a little clip from her point of view. Yeah. And she's conscious. Yeah. Like, she she mentioned feeding just before she was put in cryo or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she was aware of the fact that Grill kept coming to visit her. And yeah. she was conscious of the, his presence constantly. And that... Yeah, honestly, it seems like her being cryo is more strategy than containment. Yeah. Well, and the fact that, like, Greels is so attracted to her. Oh, creepy bastard. But, like... It's like the passenger, but worse. But I wonder if that's because of her vampire-ness, right? Because vampires are... It's that... Made to glamour, attract, yeah. right? Like, that's the thing, because Kongi. Mm-hmm. Same thing. When Darling... The medic, anyway. Yes, Went to Darlie. go check on him. He basically said, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And she went, okay, okay, okay. And yeah. the other guy that was with her is like, what the heck? He's clearly not fine. Do something. Yeah. So there's some kind of mind manipulation definitely going on mm-hmm. there. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my understanding from other vampire things that I've read is that they are meant to, like, be attractive. Mm-hmm. So that it if will entice. If you can't entice... come in unless you're invited, you're going to do everything. They will entice their prey to come to them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Grills is creepy. Yeah. Like, he keeps going and visiting the woman in cryo and staring at her longingly. And then he talks to her, like, conversations. Yeah, and like, it's like the passenger. Is that the passenger? I don't The know. weird, oh, Jennifer Lawrence, Chris, one of the Chris's. Oh, Chris uh, Pratt, 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 Pratt. Yes. 
Uh, same thing. Like, he goes to talk to her in cryo, and uh, that movie's creepy as hell, too. I've never seen that How one. that one is in horror, I don't know. <laughs> okay, he wakes her up in a ship full... Like, he's accidentally woken up by a technical malfunction. Okay. So he wanders the ship, he plays basketball, he gets bored. He finds a woman in cryo, becomes attached to her, mm-hmm. starts talking, blah, 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 and then wakes her up. Like a hundred years before they're actually supposed to get to their destination. Basically ruining her life because they can't put her back in cryo. Hmm. Because he is lonely. Don't like that movie. Well, wouldn't you be lonely? Yes, but why would I want to condemn somebody else to the fate that I'm already living? So you don't have to live it by yourself? I'm sure I could unfreeze a cryo cow or something. Was Okay. Was it just the two humans? Just the two humans. That's oh, correction, there's a robot butler. A robot butler? Yes. I, I assume that was not in cryo. Um, no. No, he was just activated when Chris Pratt woke up. Okay. Yeah. Can I be honest and tell you that my first experience with cryo as a thing was Austin Powers? (laughs) Okay. I have never seen Austin Powers, so I have no idea. He gets put into cryo, and I'm pretty sure that was my first, like, experience with seeing it. Interesting. I don't know what the first cryo thing I would have read would have been. I've read a lot of science fiction. Well, this was a movie, not a book. Also not science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Austin Powers is Austin Powers. Yep. Yep. He's an entity unto himself. Yes. Ah, um, uh, yes. Anywho. Uh, vampires. What do you think of the vampires? Uh, okay. So, the book for me was getting a little gross at parts. It was honestly not as... It, uh, hmm. Not as bad as I some vampire books I've read. Okay. It's definitely worse than Not, Twilight. It, it went farther than I thought an Amish mm. Christian fiction book would go. Yeah. It was, for me, a little gross. I was like, mm, okay, I'm just going to like skip over these parts because no thank you. So be warned that uh, there are animals harmed in the making of this book. <laughs> if that bothers you, if that's triggering for you... Do not read this book. That being said, like, I don't think this book is any worse than... Okay, one of the books we have coming up is The Pawn by Stephen James. That's about a serial killer. I don't think it's this book is any worse than some of the, like, suspense Christian fiction I've read. Okay. Like, there's some where... Cover your ears. There's just, like, brains splattered everywhere. And they're, like, talking about her picking brain out of her hair. Oh. This book is not that bad. <laughs> That was Christian fiction, for the record. I don't remember which book, but... (laughs) What I wrote down was, way too much animal-eating detail. (laughs) Insert puke emoji here. (laughs) Um, And I read it right before supper time. Also didn't help. I wasn't... I didn't have a problem with eating animals thing. It was basically what I expected that tends to be... Killing animals is how serial killers get started. Eating animals is how vampires get started. Right. It was expected. I just didn't need the details, personally. I wasn't expecting the vampire goat. <laughs> yeah, that the was... The animals eating other animals is where you start to lose me a bit. Yeah. Because Kanji is... Is that not like a... Is Kanji not like a... It's a food. Indonesian dish or something? It's some kind of food. Yeah, okay. I'm not crazy, because the more I say it, the more I just go, that sounds like a dish. I'm pretty sure it's a food. Anywho, um, he gets turned into a vampire, which is a lesson not to climb into strange storage containers. Although they haven't yet come right out and said that he's a vampire. No, they haven't come right out and actually identified him as, that's the vampire. But he's a vampire. Yeah. Um, He 
is experimenting eating different animals. In different ways. In different ways. And he eats from a goat multiple times. And the goat is almost dead, and he leaves it. And he comes back, and the goat is a vampire. Mm-hmm. And a vampire goat is where you lost me a bit. Because yep. it's a goat. I don't like goats to begin with. Fainting goats are cool. You make a loud noise, they fall over. <laughs> Frankly, I think humans would be quite hilarious if we had the same thing. <laughs> Can you imagine? You start, like, clapping, and there's applause. Yay! Everybody, and everybody falls, falls over. over. <laughs> we probably would stop clapping after a while. One rowdy kid in the library and all the staff's on the floor. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, probably a good thing we don't have that adaptation. <laughs> yes, yes it is. Um, anywho, but like the goat thing is like, uh, yeah. a, a, I have questions because <laughs> normally, I say normally, in the majority of vampire lore, in order to be able to turn into a vampire, you have to do more than just get bitten by a vampire. Really? Yes, because generally it's a case of the vampire bites you, either partially drains you of blood, or the vampire bites you, and you have to bite the vampire and ingest the vampire's blood. Ooh. Yeah. That tends to be one of the two ways to become a vampire. It's generally not just a case of, I ate you, now you're a vampire. Like, unless there was more detail there that I missed, but it honestly okay. just sounded like he ate from him, nearly killed him, and then the goat turns into a vampire. That's how it works in Twilight also. Carrie, you need to do more research that's not Twilight. <laughs> but like there, there tends to be some kind of something besides just eating from them. Okay. Because to just feed from, like, if a vampire has to eat once a week, and just feeding from them is enough to make another vampire, that means you either A, have to kill every single victim, which is statistically going to draw a few eyes, unless you're in a vampire colony of surrounded by other vampires and you have takeout. Um, or... <laughs> Or you're making 52 new vampires every year. And that's not sustainable because at some point you will run out of humans or cows or animals that you can eat from. Which is not sustainable for a vampire ecosystem. I have some... I get too sciencey in science fiction. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I am intrigued to learn more about the... I'm interested in learning more about the um, process of, by which you're making vampires here. Yes, because it sounds like um, a fair number of the Amish people have been, quote-unquote, sick. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they're instantly well and better than they were before they were sick. Yeah. And so are those people all vampires now? I'm kind of guessing because David, Daniel, I don't know. At one point they refer to David, right? Because they They refer to it as, like, one of those... Weird names, you know, yeah. David or Divad. Yes. <laughs> Which I kind of now wants to go, everybody that I know, go, hello, Divad. Divad. <laughs> um, yes. He, he followed a goat, presumably the vampiric goat. And uh, when he came back, he was sick. And then he was better within, I think they, they said at one point, like four or five hours. Yeah. So I am kind of assuming that everybody that's sick is a vampire because his wife also came to the church elders and went to my husband just looking at me like I'm a steak can you stop that please yes and yeah but they haven't like he hasn't really explained a lot of that yet no and is yes. there going to be or are we just supposed I hope to so. infer I don't know I want an explanation because you can't just make a vampire goat without any explanation you have to explain the vampire goat huh. well 
Yeah, it's not like math. You can't just estimate. No, no. Why this happened. I need strict instructions on how to make a vampire goat. <laughs> for a friend. <laughs> for a friend. Asking for a friend. <laughs> so. Yes. I don't know. I finished the first half and I was kind of like, mm, I don't think I can read another half of this book. I'm looking forward to the second half. Yeah. Partially because I need explanations. Yeah. I have a hard time not finishing books. Well, me too. But I just, I'm not sure. It's not the worst book I've ever read. Is it the best book I've ever read? No, definitely not. <laughs> is it entertaining? It is entertaining me. <laughs> Mainly because Vampire Goat came out of left field. I was not expecting that at all. But it is, it's definitely more Amish than mm-hmm. I was expecting. Oh, yeah. Like, I was expecting the, the Amishness of it to be almost a footnote. Mm, yep. But, like, he goes into, you know, why he's being shunned, how he gets out of being shunned, and kind of the... He dives deep into the, the Amishness of the Amish. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. And, like, why do they do the things that they do and mm-hmm. the way that they do them? And he talks a lot about the bishop, and I just really hate that bishop. Oh, no kidding. He's such a pompous... I don't have all the answers. Like, ugh. He is... He's very much the... You'll do what I think is good for you, irregardless of if it's good for you or not. I'm the bishop. You will do what I say. And maybe that's how it works. I don't know. I'm the bishop. Hear me roar. Yeah. I don't know if that's how things work in the Amish community, but um, I just don't... I don't like it. I don't ever like it when any one person has too much power. Yeah. That being said, the captain seems cool. He... I'm not sure about the captain yet. I enjoyed the part where he and Jebediah were talking, mm-hmm. and I wish they would have oh, had... I am kind of surprised, like, anybody can call the captain? Yeah. At any time? I know. But he didn't even know he was doing it. So, yeah, but the, the screen but yeah. that they were given in yeah. presumably the guest room still had that ability, I'm going. Yes. But that's only... They must get annoying. Because they're in a special room because they're shunned, right? Like, none of the other Amish people have access to that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but that still means but yeah. that anybody that's put in those rooms, whether they be crew, whether they be non-Amish passengers, like, anybody that has that screen yeah. can call the captain at any time. Yeah. I mean, the captain yeah. doesn't have to answer, but... It get pretty annoying. <laughs> can you imagine, like, the number of calls you get? Like, hey, Cap, pop, the vending machine's out of popcorn again. But it also... Like, get annoying. It seemed to me like the crew on the ship, they don't... It seemed like they weren't all totally familiar with each other. Did you get that feeling? Big ship thing is they were crew the crew is 300 yeah there's crew of 300 okay for being only 300 the amount of information they were not given surprises me yeah like you'd think hey yeah we rescued an entire planet of amish people you know that get a station or a shipwide bulletin or something but there's a couple characters that don't seem to either know much about it or mm-hmm. maybe they just don't care maybe they're like yeah it's Amish cow, who, who cares? We get it from point A to point B. Yeah, but, like, but you'd still think, though, like, if even... 300 people is a lot of people, but presumably they're all on that ship together mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, like, you'd expect or them most to know the each time. other a bit better. At least know who people are, Yeah, you know, and be fami- familiar. Like Enough that it's like, hey, Bob, in the corridor. Like, yeah. You'd think. I don't know. But I don't know. I'm not super impressed with the way the ship is run, honestly. With the captain, I'm like, I have a few notes. <laughs> Your efficiency is down. Fix this. And the fact that they've said at one point that there's only two pilots and they're both on duty at once. Yeah. Going, you got autopilot? Yeah, how does that work? Like, I know. I know you're basically going through warp 
speed, slipstreams, time, whatever they called it. Yeah. But, you know, maybe more than two pilots? Yeah, I know. I thought too. I was like, only two? Especially considering those pilots were also piloting the jump ships or pods or whatever they called them. Yes. How did that work? I don't know. There had to be more than two pilots. There has to be. Maybe it's just two main pilots for the ship and everybody else's auxiliary. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I've got questions about this book. I'm looking forward to finishing it. I hope your questions will be answered. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll have to read Amish zombies in space and then Amish werewolves in space. Yes. And if my questions aren't answered by the end of that, I'm going to have to write him and say, I need Amish explanations in space, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Then your time will have been wasted. Yeah. I will say one of the things I found rather hilarious. (laughs) At one point, they refer to a bonding learner's permit. Mm-hmm. Um, before you can get a bonding license, which is basically marriage. Yes. And I really like the idea of a marriage learner's permit. <laughs> like, I know. So you think you're good at marriage. Let's road test that, shall we? Yes. Like, I thought too. I was like, huh, interesting. They definitely do things differently mm-hmm. on the ship in mm-hmm. space. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the second half. It's It should be interesting. And at this point, I'm just hoping no more animals get turned because... We don't know where that goat is. Yeah. Um, from some of my research, I think, well, I think there will be, but we'll see. Well, it'll be interesting. Something you don't normally get in yeah. regular vampire books. I'm also interested to see if the entire ship gets turned to vampires or if some stay human. Right now, I get the feeling that the characters that they're mentioning by name, apart from Greels? Greels. Greels. Are probably gonna here's my prediction captain not a vampire singer vampire jebediah not a vampire sarah vampire interesting yeah okay we'll see that makes me a little more motivated to read the second half <laughs> see if i'm right to see if you're right i just gotta remember who i guessed yeah otherwise at the end you i'll just basically go, i was right you said the two main man characters no and the two main women characters they're Yes, that's what you said. Actually, no. No, I'm going to switch that. Okay, I'm going to write this down so I remember for Singer, next time. not a vampire. Captain, vampire. Singer, Because no. she's got the potential to actually be a captain. She's got the leadership qualities that yeah. I can see the author wanting to um, exploit that. And then you said Jebediah, no. And Sarah, yes. And Sarah, yes. Because we've gotten, like, pretty much nothing from Sarah's point of view. That's true. And Although, there has to be some kind of, like, oh, about, my family. What about the baby? Will it be a baby vampire? I don't know. I am curious about that. Because mm-hmm. at one point... Uh, when Kanji met her in the hallway, yes. he sensed the presence. Sensed the presence of, of the baby. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe the baby's a vampire and she's not. Oh. Who knows? Okay. There's always deliberation in vampire books as to whether or not vampires can actually have children. And whether it's if you're already pregnant and turn into a vampire, your child will be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Or blah 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 Natural-born vampires rather than turned vampires anyway is a thing. All right, I have written down your predictions. I think Grills is going to be a vampire. Okay. He seems the type. <laughs> yeah, he He's is. already in love with her. I don't. I can't see him resisting the glamour to no. actually. Nope. Stand up to that. So. <laughs> I think it would be funny if the bishop was a vampire. I'm kind of expecting him to be. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> just writing down everybody. I am. He's going to be a vampire. Uh, I'm writing down all of these things so we can see if we're... The thing is, I think the bishop is going to be a vampire, and then he'll lead the the vampire faction of the Amish, 
and then Jebediah won't be a vampire, and he'll lead the anti-vampire faction. And so will they all live on the same planet? I don't know. Are they actually ever going to get off the ship? Do you think they're just got gonna... a bunch of hungry guys and a finite food source. Yeah. Although we do know Jebediah survives because he's in Numbers Zombies in space. Yes. Yes, we <laughs> so, do know that. But whether he gets vampired and then cured, which we don't know if that's an option yet. Oh, cured, yeah. Mm-hmm. See that? I would... I would like that because I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with all these Amish vampires. <laughs> like, just the thought of it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Really? Yes. The bonnet and the fangs? or I don't know what it is. The but... beard and fangs. The beard and the fangs, yeah, actually, that's yeah. kind of weird. It's you don't just... normally have beardy vampires. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just makes me very uncomfortable. So, um, will they get off the ship? Will my predictions be correct? Well, I guess we'll find out next time. And we're back with part two of Amish Vampires in Space. So, (laughs) thoughts? It was what I expected in a lot of ways. Okay. Like, it's not a great book. It's Amish Vampires in Space. Um, It's not so bad it's good. (laughs) Nope. It's not that. But it's also not the worst thing I've ever read. (laughs) Okay. Far from the best thing I've ever read. Yes. Yeah. Very far. And predictable. Would you read the rest of the series? It's Amish zombies and Amish werewolves, werewolves right? Yeah. I think I will at some point, yeah. just out of sheer curiosity, because, like, from what I understood, roughly half to two-thirds of their people died. Mm-hmm. Well, the second and third book are the same group. Like, it's still Jebediah. Yeah. So I want to know how many are left. Yeah, I know. And, like... Do they get more Amish people? Because that seems like a rough recruitment drive there. <laughs> and, like, the people that became vampires, they couldn't save them, so they just killed them. Which... Well, they didn't kill them on purpose, though. Oh, they killed them on purpose. Well, yes, okay, but they didn't all, like, in the end, when they all died. It was did, on purpose. Did they know that that was going to happen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They zapped them with sunlight. Oh, right. I thought it was because... Um, the pheromone thing? No, the number one. The first. First? Is that what they the were? The first, yeah. Yeah, because they killed her. Yeah, which caused confusion, which made them more docile because they weren't getting orders or whatever. But then they zapped them all with sun. Right. So they all turned to ash and went bye-bye. Right, right, right. No sparkling, thankfully. <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they just... But what else were they going to them? What else were they going to do with them? Well, that's the thing. I am surprised that the author killed off, like, half the people because, like, there wasn't a single family that didn't have somebody affected. Yeah. So now they get dumped on this new planet, and they, like, what happens? I know. Like, See, that, that's Because there was, I, like, I'm what, 20, 20 people left or something? Yeah, like, there was not very much. It was a small group to begin with. Although, that's, there was some people that were being held prisoner that hadn't been changed yet. Yeah. So I don't know how many were that... But I think I think it's safe to say it's under 100 people. Probably. So if now they have to go through Amish zombies, which also mm-hmm. doesn't sound like something that can be saved, mm-hmm. and Amish werewolves, mm-hmm. at the end, is it just going to be like Jebediah and Sarah standing there going, well... <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... It was, um... Not upsetting, but to me it felt really unfortunate that so many people died. I was expecting there to be some kind of antidote, something, where they could at least save the people that hadn't changed completely. Yeah. Like, but they just went with, nah, kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> Which, 
I don't know. I know. I was. I I'm was a little sure, bit disappointed by that. I was sure that Darley was going to be, was going to figure something out in her lab. Yeah, but at the same time, like, did she try? Well, she was like researching. She, she was researching and stuff. But once she found out that Sarah's pheromones could be replicated and used to chase the vampires wherever they wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, and you know those movie scenes where it's like you're looking down a hallway and there's people running one way and then they're running the next way and they're running the next way. <laughs> That's just what's through my head now about vampires. <laughs> Lots of cloaks and capes. Um, <laughs> once they found out that the pheromone worked to repel them, mm-hmm. they didn't really do anything else. Also, they're like, oh, the pheromone from a pregnant woman repels them. And then three seconds later, they got it synthesized, they've got it distributed, they've got everybody corralled where they want to be, and I'm like, what, do you, like, cut out three chapters here? <laughs> well, suddenly at the end, it seemed like things were moving very quickly. Yeah, pacing and was very weird with the second half. All of a sudden, they were on the new planet, just mm-hmm. like that. Like, they had, like, hours to go, and then suddenly, boom, they were there. And yeah. I was like, well, where did all the time go? What happened? Like, the <laughs> pacing felt very much like, oh, shoot, looking at word count here. Yeah. Like, is. And, kind of odd. But at the same time, I felt like there was times when the author could have been a bit more concise. Mm-hmm. Because, like, well... How much Jebediah wandering the ship do we need? And while I did feel like the pacing got better in the second half, like it moved quicker, mm-hmm. I had an easier time reading the second half than the first, for sure. Yeah. But um, I still felt like this book was too long. I don't know about too long, because it's not a super long book, but... To me, the pacing in the entire book is just all wrong. Yeah. Well, the first because half was... Because we spend so much time with, like, the initial Amishness of it. <laughs> and then you speed through mm-hmm. some fairly crucial bits and slow down in the boring parts. Yeah. Where I'm like, if I think it would be fine if he just fixed his pacing throughout. Maybe. Like, if it was a bit more consistent and, like, a little less... I'll just skip the Amish parts. <laughs> <laughs> Like, then I think it'd be better. Like, it's it's not a long book. It's no longer than any other Christian fiction book. But... Um, it's longer than some. Like, isn't it almost 500? Judging by the size, it's pretty average. 481 pages. Yeah. So, I would say most Christian fiction would be, like, 350, 400 at the most. I don't normally go by page numbers. Size-wise, it looks about the size of regular <laughs> Christian fiction. But it's a heavy book. Yeah. A lot of um, vampires in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. For me, it was a bit long. There was a bit... I don't know what, though, like, what it was that... It's just too much. I found it predictable, honestly. I'm like, oh, the woman in the glass coffin thingy cryo chamber is the first? <gasps> Shock no me. Kidding. I had no idea. Yeah. What do you mean? Grail's being hypnotized by her? <gasps> no! Yes. However, sarcasm is strong with this one. <laughs> I would like to point out that your predictions were all wrong. So I was going to say I don't remember what I predicted. I was going along and I'm going, did I check off anything? Jebediah didn't get turned. No. You said no to Jebediah. Yeah. You said no to Singer. Singer didn't get turned no. either. You said yes to the captain. Yeah, I was kind of surprised he didn't, but he was also the most useless captain in the history of captains. Oh my goodness, that captain didn't know how to I do freaking anything. Him. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, I'm in my office all day and I have comm units and I turn on this screen and I turn on that screen and I mute these people and I turn up the volume on these people. I'm like, yeah. dude, I know. by the sounds of it, he never really leaves his office. But he's won awards and accolades. He has two pilots and can't remember their names. I know. I know. Like, it's so it's crazy. Like it's Owen and is it Egan? Two pilots, dude. I know. Kind of the most important guys on the ship. Exactly. Like, I know. 
He was an idiot. I don't like him. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, terrible. You said yes to Sarah. Yes, I forgot about the pregnancy element. Totally didn't think about that. Well, we said baby or baby vampire, Sarah not. So we did talk the, about the it. The baby did impact it, yes. But, the, yeah. But and you... I still think baby vampire would have been cute. <laughs> Just little, little teeth. You said yes to Greels and yes to the bishop. But I don't think either of them... Greels was hypnotized but not turned. Yeah. The bishop, I honestly thought he was going to. <laughs> honestly, I wanted to smack that guy by the end of it. I was to the point where I'm like, float him. Float him, stick him in an airlock and float him. Could you imagine? He would be such a curmudgeonly old vampire. Nail, oh. <laughs> I refuse to drink blood. Maybe he would have been nicer. They all seem very, like, happy and loosey-goosey That's and, like... Thing. Like, okay, at one point, I forget what I wrote down here. I mean, A, one of the things from, like, that jeopardized, like, oh, they had the beginnings of a mustache. I'm like... <laughs> So what, a beard is fine, but a mustache isn't? I know. I know. That's arbitrary. <laughs> and what's the other one? Oh, the fact that the Amish smiling and happy is a warning sign of disease. <laughs> what does that tell you about the society? <laughs> like, oh dear, you're happy. You must have an illness. <laughs> like, I'm like, how miserable are you usually? I don't think it's that they were happy. It was the kind of happy that they were. It's different than... yeah. Like, but still, like they're like, oh, so many bright colors. I'm like, yeah, no, they don't. They're not known for their colors. Oh, I know, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but it was like, so that's the part that I found interesting was reading it in the context of the Amish faith because they talked a lot more about their faith in the second half and like the nonviolence. And so we don't want to fight back because we are nonviolent people, right? And we don't like. Okay, you obviously. Yeah. But like, it was interesting to me to have a book like this in the context of that faith see that's the thing i think makes it interesting and why i would read yeah zombies and werewolves because they're very non-violent and mm -hmm. they clutch desperately to their arbitrary rules irregardless mm -hmm. of how sensible it is yeah like to the point of their own survival and the survival of their families yeah and like some of them started questioning some of these things like mm -hmm. well if my life is at stake am i just supposed to like let this person attack me because yeah. i'm a non-violent person Edward, I'm like, i can't like, fight back because that's what our leaders decided years and years ago and i wish that part would have been fleshed out a little bit more mm -hmm. and like i don't know uh, i think it was singer at one point was discussing with seal um the amish and their mm -hmm. ways and whatnot and she was explaining him you know they, they shun all technology and you know they think this is a simple way of life and he's going do they don't shun all technology not by not by a long shot mm -hmm. because they're fine with um like plowing and farming innovations they're mm -hmm. fine with a lot of food storage methods that are you know technology depending on how you look at it yeah they're fine with the wheel they're not it's all arbitrary what they decide is okay and what isn't. I think it's modern technology that they... Yeah, but does that mean that in in 300 years, Amish having an iPhone's fine because we're all on to, like, narrow tech headsets? In 300 years, there won't be an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, are, yeah. are they just fine with just, like... To say they shun modern technology, yeah, now, now that's accurate. But if you go, you know... 150, 200, 300 years from now, are they still going to be doing buggies and wagons? Or are they like, oh, now we're fine with combines, actually? Yeah. Like, because if you look at it, if you go back 150 years, 
they didn't show modern modern technology. They were the same as everybody else. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. It's arbitrary. That's, it doesn't. That's what it is. It doesn't make sense. No, nonsense. I do not understand the Amish. I don't it's at all. Like, like what parts of the Bible did they get that from? You uh, know? They did mention it at some point. Is um, that the beat in the world, but not of the world part? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And completely ignoring the Jesus ate among the lepers kind of part. <laughs> but yeah, that's the other thing. Like they very much keep to themselves, mm-hmm. and like there's a, a lot of things from the Bible that they don't. Yeah. They don't follow. That's the thing. The author called them out kind of on a, quite a few things where yeah. they, I think it was something along the lines of how are you supposed to actually teach anybody about the word if all you ever do is hang out with people that already know. Mm-hmm. Like he said, go forth and preach the gospel, not tell Bob your neighbor who's heard it 15 times. Yeah. But that's not like they're not known for their missional work. No. You know, and it's like to a certain extent, Everybody who reads the Bible picks and chooses, mm-hmm. like, a little bit, right? Like, in the somewhere in the New Testament, it says that women should wear head coverings. Yeah. I don't wear a head covering. Nope. I don't think that makes me any less of a Christian, personally. Somebody else might feel differently, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are those things, right, that we just don't follow. Yeah. Or whatever. But this seems, like, to the extreme, right? Like, that's they've the kind of grabbed onto one thing, and this is the basis of our mm-hmm. our faith right and anything different or challenging that in any way at all is shunning like yeah that, that's your only option you yep. shun it you don't ask questions like it, and to think that it's can be something as simple as like somebody wearing a ribbon in their hair mm-hmm. or getting a shiny new spade <laughs> being enough to shun somebody yeah i'm like i'm sorry my interpretation of the Bible and Christ makes that makes you not the nice person. Yeah. Like I know. Shunning is a weird concept to me. Like and it's all kind of based off the, the one Bible verse where it's something along the lines of um if your brother is sinning, go to him once and mm-hmm. ask him to stop and if he doesn't go to him twice and if he doesn't after that, leave him alone kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm like, that's for Big stuff, not little stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I will never understand the Amish. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. Because it's all arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and the hypocrisy of it. Yeah. Like, the modern-day Amish, or I should say, the Amish in this current time and place, not in space, <laughs> they can't drive a car, but they can ride in one. Yeah. So you consider driving a car sinful, but... You're fine with me sinning on your behalf so I can take you to the hospital? Yeah. Like, you're you're fine dumping your sin on everybody else? <laughs> as like, long I, as I, I'm I don't not get sinning. It. I don't get it. No, like, that does not make sense at all. And, like, when I was in high school, I was fascinated by the Amish because that was before, like, there was so much Amish <laughs> Christian fiction. Yep. But, like, there was a book series that I had when I was young that was about the Amish and so I started reading it I became like quite interested in it and I actually did a big research project on them when I went to high school I went to a Mennonite high school so that was not like a weird thing to do (laughs) it was a Mennonite studies class so it was you know it was a normal thing to do and um we went on a trip in grade 12 and part of that was like touring through Amish country in Pennsylvania Mm, cool yeah it was really cool and like taking their pictures without them knowing that we're taking their pictures and all the things right (laughs) And uh, I was stalking, <laughs> kind of. And I think we had 
an Amish person come on to our tour bus and give us a presentation, actually. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so, back then, like, I did a lot of research on the Amish. Do I remember it? Not really. <laughs> um, but it was fascinating to me because the, the life was so different. And I don't know if it was because it seemed so uncomplicated that it was appeal like not appealing but that's the thing that gets me is they're always advertised as it's uncomplicated it's simple it's plain it's you know the basics but it's not it's not because the number of arbitrary rules you have to keep in mind Mm -hmm. at all times and you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this and i know that's going to be the same for a lot of things but like your personal life is regulated Mm -hmm. to the nth degree yeah and it's not simple. Like, it's always advertised as the simple life. It's the simple life. Mm-hmm. What's simple about hooking up a horse and plow <laughs> at 5 in the morning, yeah. plowing all day, having gotten up three acres done, mm-hmm. versus me hitching up tractor and a plow, and I'm done by lunch? Yeah. What's simple about that? Yeah. Like... No, it's... That part of it is definitely not simple. And, like... I can understand the appeal of the simpler life like off-grid living i get living back in the bush somewhere on a cabin that's solar powered and you got your own water and all you have is a pet goat i get it to me i'm like "Mm, yeah i could spend all day painting and sculpting that'd be great but that's different because it's not a society Mm -hmm. it's not a group who's decided that i will live there i have this and this water this and this technology Mm -hmm. i'm not allowed to have a refrigerator because parasites make you stronger (laughs) it's well they obviously have ways of cooling their food (laughs) good old-fashioned ice boxes (laughs) i think now for some of them for the majority of them i think refrigerators are okay now is my understanding yeah but again like but they don't have electricity right slowly um, or do they now some of them it depends it depends very much because you have the amish communities that will have everything's horse-drawn but it's a horse-drawn John Deere combine. <laughs> like. Well, at least it's a John Deere. <laughs> no, no, I think international would be better, but we're not getting into that. The divisiveness of farm this, brands. This could turn loyalty. ugly. <laughs> I will say, my dad, huge tractor fan, to the point where he's buying glass display cases. And he's got one that's formal and one that's case. Uh, no, sorry, one that's formal and international and one that's case. Now, he's bought so many toys over the last little bit that they're both full. But but where's his John Deere collection? Um, they're currently in a box in his bedroom. Oh, no. Nobody puts John Deere in a bedroom. Nobody puts John Deere in the corner? In the corner. <laughs> but that's the brand loyalty thing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that kind of thing where they're fine with using the technology, but they're like, oh, because it's horse-drawn, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm all for economically and environmentally sustainable practices. But that's not why they're doing it. But that's not why you're doing it. It's Mm -hmm. arbitrary. Mm -hmm. I keep saying it, but it's arbitrary. (laughs) Say it one more time. (laughs) But that's the thing. I'm like, if you've got refrigerators now... Mm -hmm. What's next? What's next? Yep. I know. I mean, you can't stop progress. No. And to a certain extent, they do have to adapt and be a little bit in the world. Yeah. Are they fine with driving cars when we're flying cars? Yeah, like... <laughs> See, I just want to pop ahead and look at the Amish in 300 years. <laughs> it would be interesting to to know. I think it would be. And probably, yeah, like, since I 
did all that research in high school, so many things have changed, mm-hmm. right? And I think I said this one time before, my brother worked in Ontario and there's a lot of Amish people where he was in Southern Ontario. And so we went to visit him and he worked for an Amish family. And so we actually were at their house and like met them and very nice people. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, but like with anything as individual people, lovely. Yeah. I just don't get it. As a group, you don't understand their practices. Yeah. Like yeah. to me, there has to be a point, a purpose, a logic mm-hmm. behind the rules. Yeah. Like, don't speed, because the more you speed, the more chance of car crashes, lower, you know, reaction time, that kind of thing. What's wrong with color? Yeah. If God didn't want us to enjoy color, he would have made the world in black and white. That is true. Like, that's an excellent things point. Things like that, where I'm like, why can't you take some joy in life? Mm-hmm. Why do you have to be miserable? Yeah. Like, he said, sing and make a joyful noise. Yeah. He didn't say, sit there and be miserable on your hardwood and views. They do sing, though. They do sing. I don't know how rambunctious their songs are I'm assuming like with anything you've got a few more rambunctious ones but I (laughs) don't think it's ever going to be ACDC can you Um, imagine that would be awesome oh goodness do you know the weird Al song Amish Paradise Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I like that one um Oh, anyway, do we want to get back to the actual yeah. book rather than... Well, this is the, like... Uh, tearing apart the Amish society. Um, yeah. No, but that the faith part of it intrigued me because, yeah, yeah, I just, like, in the context of vampires and... It takes it completely out of what we normally think of the Amish and yep. throws them into a situation that they'll probably never have to deal with. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a parasite. Mm-hmm. So it is conceivable that a parasite would transform somebody. Like it's, yeah, would it to this degree, probably, probably not. not. It is conceivable that a situation somewhat like this could happen. Yeah. In five hundred billion years, so. But yeah, that bishop. I just wanted to throttle him by the end. There was one. I made a note here. <laughs> I won't use all the curse words that I used when I was typing it up. <laughs> but he at one point went. Uh, he was singer. Singer? Singer was the lady. It must have been singer. Was leading them somewhere or giving them direction in some way. And he was saying to himself, has the English society degraded to the point where Deborah had led the Israelites? And I'm going, <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Women are perfectly capable of leading. You're not doing a swimming job of it. <laughs> so somebody has to do it. Exactly. Like, just the arrogance of him the fact that when they're being attacked in their like their meeting room common space thingy and vampires were literally enthralling and or eating drinking whatever from their victims Mm -hmm. then he was telling everybody else not to follow Jebediah over the wall the only chance of safety because Jebediah was shunned Yeah, like demanding that people set aside their own well-being and their family's well-being mm-hmm. for the sake of following an arbitrary rule that so does not matter during the situation. Yeah. I'm like, are you a cult leader? Because that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Well, it's like the whole thing of I'm not going to protect myself because I don't believe in violence. You know, like, I consider myself to be a pacifist. It's not protecting but, yourself. It's just running away. Yeah, I don't... You're not hitting anybody. You're not getting into a fist fight with a vampire. You're literally just running away. Right, but even when it came down to, like, if they come back 
at us, we're not going to do anything because we don't believe in that. And I, like, like I said, I believe, I consider myself a pacifist, but I also believe that self-defense is important. Like, I'm not just going to roll over and... I am not a pacifist because I don't have kids yet. But if somebody's hurting my kids, you bet I would do absolutely anything to make sure that that stopped. Yeah. I am... I cannot follow pacifism if it tells me to stand by and let my kids get hurt. I don't, like, I think, I don't think pacifism would tell you that. That's the way my family, like, that's the way I was brought up with my family. That's how they read it. Okay. And the churches that I went to as a kid, same thing, where it's, sit there and take it. I'm going, I can't, I'm sorry, that is not an option for me. Goodbye. See, for me, it's more of a, like unnecessary violence like wars and things like that that oh yeah you know but like like i would not do well in the states because i'm not we're not going to carry a gun i'm not going to own 10 guns that's not that's not me but uh but you know like protecting yourself i don't think that's wrong see that's the thing <clears throat> protecting yourself is fine like i do not advocate for going and starting wars but again the captain said at one point so you're fine with everybody else fighting your wars for you it's the whole i am a pacifist so i can't sin by defending myself but can you go defend me please you can take on my sin yeah i am not okay with being a pacifist to the point where i am willing to put somebody else in danger because i'm not willing to defend myself Mm -hmm. i can't do that like uh, it's no that's just not the way i function yeah no i totally get what you're saying like i think pacifism is good i think less war is good for everybody i mm-hmm. think the states has way too many guns and we can't even get into that because otherwise this will be a political diatribe for the next three <laughs> hours i did find the one thing i don't like about this book it's not amish vampires in space it's amish vampire bats in space they turn into bats i know that was gross to me I'm so like, gross i don't care but be accurate in your titling <laughs> Like, and they all turned into bats. And on the one hand, like, about a chapter or two before they turned into bats, um, there was the flying pig. The flying pig. Oh, <laughs> oh gross. <laughs> pigs fly. Yeah. I mean, technically, it's a flying pig while flying through space. So the flying pig was already flying, but the flying pig is now also flying. Yeah. Um, but I'm going, okay, if they're taking on the traits of bats, where do the wings come in? Like, are they going to get wings? Because not going to lie, they'd be kind of cool. And then they got wings. Yeah, it's but like, gross. They were very like it's it was vampire bats, not vampires. Which does now make me question, okay, what are the zombies? I'm assuming it's a flesh eating bacteria of some sort. But the werewolves? Yeah, I don't know. Like you're gonna have to read them and tell me because I am not <laughs> going to be reading them. Uh yeah. I I will say the second half was better. Mm-hmm. This is not the book series for me. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I put it this way. I I enjoyed it more than any other Amish book I think I've ever read. (laughs) I will say that. I will disagree. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just... I will say, it was not gory by my versions of gory. Or my my gore indicator, calculator, (laughs) rating system. For me, there was some parts that were... Ick. The eating, some of the eating parts went into a little bit too much detail, um, and the bats, like yuck. I found the bats rather odd. I, I'm still annoyed by the whole, if you bite them, they turn into a vampire thing because that's not a sustainable food source in any way, shape, or form. Yep. And 
I've never ever heard of a vampire book where the animals turn into vampires. No, that part was like, a little weird. But it's also a parasite, not like supernatural. So, yeah. Eh? But one of the things I did find gross, which is ironic considering people were drinking blood, is they breathe on people to control them. We're <laughs> going. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> that part, I'm like, uh, no thank you. That is... I'm left- fine with vampire flying pig, but don't breathe on me. That's leftover paranoia from COVID. <laughs> no, I, people breathing annoys me. Like, loud breathers, mm-hmm. ugh, go away. I agree. Also, loud chewers. Yes. Ugh. Um, yeah. No, I know. That part was also weird. Yeah, very. Although you wouldn't have noticed, because you would have been sort of hypnotized anyways. Yeah, but, but still. I know. It's, no. Yep. Just that, that part, for some reason, is just grossing me out. So. I will give kudos to the author for tackling this topic, though. Yeah. Like, and also in an inspirational context, mm-hmm. you know, like... That's the thing. It is Christian fiction. Yeah. Like, yes, there's a vampire parasite thingy, but it is still very, like, the main characters are Amish. Yeah. Actual... Amish faith according to yeah and struggling with their faith like yeah. and what to do like at the end Jebediah and Sarah didn't go with the rest of the Amish people mm-hmm. so that would be the part that I would find more interesting like what do they do see that's the thing I think Jebediah is one of the main characters in the second book mm-hmm. so does he find different Amish because if it's only two Amish and there's vampires in space does that really count as vampires in space like if there was to Hispanic people in space and they happen to be zombies you wouldn't say Hispanic zombies in space because there's two of them (laughs) well but they're both Hispanic so you could still classify them as such yeah but a lot of these also weren't Amish yeah that's true they were turning the crew and stuff so and I mean you don't go pigs vampires in space (laughs) no donkey vampires in space (laughs) like by my thinking somewhere Either Jebediah and Sarah either meet more Amish people. They must rejoin their group. Or rejoin their group, yeah. I feel like. Although, honestly, with Samuel, I'd count that as a no. (laughs) No. I will say one of my favorite uh, lines that I read. Again, Samuel, because the guy's a gem for making me mad. Um, (laughs) Individualism ran amok. (laughs) Oh, dear. The nerve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I know. I, I will read the next two books at some point. Just sheer curiosity. You'll have to report back so that I don't have to read them. I will give you a full detailed report. Okay. Slideshow even, maybe. A slideshow? <laughs> oh, boy. PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> but, I don't know. It, it's one of those where I'm going, if you want to read an Amish book that's not your stereotypical Beverly Lewis nonsense this is the book for you mm-hmm. if you're looking to read your stereotypical Beverly Lewis nonsense this probably isn't the book no. for you but I will say it examines the Amish in an entirely different light than what you normally see them Yep, and also science fiction mm-hmm. Christian science fiction is yeah. not something that you see no. Very often. Maybe ever. I was trying to think if I could think of mm. any, but I not off the top of my head. I want to say we have, like, a YA series that might be Christian fiction werewolves. Okay. 
but I couldn't tell you titles or authors yeah. or anything like that. So if it does exist, it is very rare. Mm-hmm. So if you do like science fiction, you know, check it out. See, that's the thing that always intrigues me is with science fiction. I mean, many things intrigue me with science fiction. But once you leave Earth and it's associated religions and cultures and that kind of thing, and you drop down to another planet with entirely different religions and cultures, how does your faith change or impacted by it? Mm -hmm. Because clearly now humans are not the only civilization. So it opens up for entirely different conversations. And that's the thing, too, with this. I like It challenges the Amish rhetoric mm-hmm. like for the beverly lewis nonsense books um not a fan in case you can't tell <laughs> honestly with those it drives me a little bit batty because it's always the amish are good the amish way is the best way and occasionally when there's the the englisher um you know that comes and like oh the amish intrigued i want to leave my big city life um <laughs> really hate these books um oftentimes the middle ground is well, we're old colony Mennonites now. Yeah. Because it's a little bit of both. But it's always portrayed as the Amish way or the simpler way is the best way. Yep. And this book challenges that. Mm-hmm. And I really like it because, a lo- like, like I said, most of the time it's just whitewash. Yeah. And not... And I, I get it. You, you don't read Beverly Lewis Amish fiction to challenge your religious beliefs or to challenge your societal beliefs in any way shape or form not at all but there's a point where i'm going yeah maybe you should a little bit questions are good (laughs) the world is not black and white no like sadly and even like jebediah not going back with his amish colony Mm -hmm. i'm intrigued yeah because he was quite quite curious about the ship and the um well all the technology frankly yeah yeah you could definitely sense that struggle of like well i'm curious about this and i want to know more but this is my faith this is how i've been brought up this Mm -hmm. is such a big part of me how can i turn my back on my faith because of this and how can this be bad though like what is bad about this and like you know like all of those that was the part for me that i I liked, but that was a very small part yeah. in relation to the rest of the book. And, like, or also, like, they saw Con- Kanji mm-hmm. with one of the Amish girls yep. taking her to his room or something. And it was, like, the question of, well, do we say something or do we not? Do we pretend like we didn't see it? Like, you know, all of those things that are, like, you know, this is not my business, so I'm going to stay out of it and pretend I didn't see. But, well, maybe that's, they're acting weird. What should I do? And... That's the thing. <laughs> like, all of those... That part, for me, was the most interesting part of this book. Well, they took they took an Amish society, picked it up, and plunked it down into a completely different situation than mm-hmm. any Amish book I've ever seen. Yep. And it makes you think. Mm-hmm. Because how would it actually... Like, you've gone from horse and buggy to spaceships. Yep. And the ethical dilemmas of many various things... Mm-hmm. It, it approaches the Amish, the Amish question, as it will, um, in a completely different manner. Yep. And challenges it, and ultimately, it it doesn't. It challenges it without stomping on it. Yeah. Unlike me, who's just full on tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yes, and but the other thing is the fact that they are living in space, mm-hmm. and their technology has not changed 
one iota. Yeah. Yeah. There's a point where I'm going water filtration systems, atmospheric mm-hmm. issues. Like, Must be another know. planet like Earth. Well, the thing is, I believe at some point it was mentioned that alabaster was terraformed, which would mean that they make it as Earth-like as possible. So, but yep. it to think you can live on a planet and it's the exact same as it is now is, you know, like, even, even the animals. I will say, the constant animal mashing, I found a little annoying. Yep. Like, he had a frizzard. A frog mixed with a lizard. And I'm going, frogs are cool. Lizards are cool. Leave them alone. Yeah. Like, I'm all for genetic diversity. Clone a banana. Do something else with it. Because <laughs> bananas, genetically speaking, are in trouble. But, do we really need frizzards? Well, frogs, good. <laughs> lizards, Good. <laughs> Frizzards? Good. Yeah. Isn't that... Is that That's Friends? Friends. Joey yeah. the meat trifle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> meat? Good. Jam? Good. Yeah. Whipped cream? Good. <laughs> the meat trifle. Ah, uh, uh, yes. No, this... Honestly... It's a wild ride. It's a wild <laughs> ride. If, if the title appeals to you, read the book. If you look at the title and go, what the heck? I'm not touching that. Then don't. Yeah. But it is definitely a different, different look at Amish society. It is different from any other inspirational fiction that you have ever read. Mm. No? It's different from well, any inspirational fiction I have ever read. I've never read science fiction, Christian fiction. Science Christian fiction? Yeah. Um, but it's not super... Dis- I'm just thinking in terms of, like, the bloodiness of it. I have read mm. worse. Like there's been serial killer Christian fiction books okay. where I'm going, okay, this is this is way more but advanced. It, it's not. I'm just talking about concept wise. Concept wise, yeah, it's relatively different. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. Do you have any fun facts for us? I do. So, I have a quote from Kirsten Beachy from the Center for Mennonite Writing Journal. Um, so I'm just going to read it. These are her words, not mine. Seriously, the guy actually researched the darn thing. It's much more solidly grounded in Amish religious practice than the current leading trilogy of Amish vampire romance novels and most bonnet rippers. A bunch of the character conflicts rest on essential Amish beliefs in nonconformity, nonviolence, and shunning, and he dredges up and shares the appropriate biblical passages that form the basis of them. There's also Jacob Amin's Honest Truth, a reference to the infamous Hostetler Massacre. So if your local Mennonite historical library initially tried to collect all the Beverly Lewis books and eventually gave up on stocking the myriad Amish romance titles, which added little or nothing to the wider cultural understanding of Amish cultures, you should recommend this book for the collection as one which does indeed add something. So I just thought that was an interesting take on the book. That sums up about the last... 20 minutes of us talking yeah kind of does we should start it off with the fun facts <laughs> but uh it's a good good summary and a like actually positive uh review for yeah. lack of a better word that's the thing you cannot so, argue the fact that he has researched the heck out of this book yeah uh i just like the part too about initially tried to collect all the beverly Lewis oh, books and eventually yeah. gave up <laughs> so uh yeah um, and then just a little background on the book. It started as a joke by Jeff Girk of Marcher Lord Press, a Christian sci-fi publishing house. So there are other Christian sci-fi books out there. I will have to go shopping. Which I forgot that I wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> 
who circulated a mock cover design for Amish Vampires in Space, book three, Vain Pursuit. That's a good title. (laughs) It is clever. Later, author Carrie Neitz contacted him and asked whether he could have permission to use the concept and write it write it straight that doesn't make sense yeah write it straight as in not as a joke thing oh yeah okay yeah and write it straight so that is sort of how the book came to being it was a joke thing is like is it going to be the best book you ever read no is it going to be the worst book you ever read no will this book make you think if you're at all interested in the amish yeah definitely yeah so it will so i mean those are our thoughts yeah I did enjoy it to a degree. And if you've read it, let us know what you think. Yes, please do. I want to know other opinions. <laughs> Comment and tell me if you've read Amish Vampires in Space. Mm-hmm. And if you've read Amish Zombies and Amish Werewolves in Space. Because mm-hmm. I am curious about those two. So. so, that's what we thought of this book. But those are just our opinions, and we'd like to hear yours. So leave us a comment. Thanks for joining us for Between the Lines. And thanks to our editor, Linda. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.